podcast six welcome guys thanks for tuning in uh this one's a bit late i'm blaming it on the mic uh the mic's a little weird uh we're trying to swap that sucker out but until then uh i'm gonna have to deal with it but uh yeah so i wanted to mention uh trail chaser podcast uh I was on their their podcast uh, last week and um you can check out that and you can hear my story uh if you're not familiar um check them out there you can search it all up on the podcast apps trail chasers podcast um and thanks again uh for having me on there guys um also if you want to support this prod uh podcast this passion project of mine uh you can do that through uh, through anchor so anchor.fm slash roaming lost uh you can do anywhere from 99 cents and and up but basically it just helps me uh continue this thing um we have uh you know new mics to buy and blah 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 and we'll love to keep on it keep on going there um so yeah and in this episode, we talk with my buddy Jameson. He has a you know military background and uh, and you know engineering and owning a clothing company. Uh, it's a it's a wide range, and and then he's doing a little stuff a little bit different, and even a little bit of a mixture of uh, of all the stuff now. So, without further ado, here it is, uh, episode six, Jameson. All right, so we're here with uh, Jameson. Hey, last name? I, I can't. I don't even know how to say it. It's Avial. No one ever pronounces it right. Yeah, because it doesn't look like unless that, you're right? from Germany or Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, two, two places that can pronounce it correctly. Um, so we both are well from New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Um, grew up there. Um, I'm and pretty sure we probably had the same connection of friends at one point. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Our I think circles it's probably it, intertwined at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, because like the the people, it's not that big. Of, it's not. There's not that many. people. No, everyone knows each other. It's a very like. And the music scene is yes. is huge there. So yeah, everyone kind of knows each other from tiny. music. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yep. population of people was was so. Yeah, small, but yeah. yet like it. It was like you can run into people on, in California. I've ran into people in Long oh, Beach. Oh, for sure. That I haven't seen since Massachusetts. Yeah. So everyone ends up moving out here. Yeah. And then moving back, but that's another story. Though. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. Always they always go back. I mm-hmm. would love to go back if I could. I would go back just to just to visit. I mean, I do every once in a while. Yeah. It doesn't feel the same though. It's a little no. scary driving on the road. Dude, Portsmouth, like... man, I don't even know what happened, but it <laughs> is like nowhere. Ne- it was always nice, but nowhere near what, what it, it is now. Be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things things have grown there. Yeah, but for sure. so a little back story on like what you do because yeah, what you do now isn't necessarily. Yeah, it's changed over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, maybe we can go back to 
even before the agency stuff. Yeah, into, yeah. Into like whiskey clothing grading. stuff. Yeah, clothing, clothing stuff. Yeah, um, or even the engineering. Yeah, we can go. We can go real <laughs> far back, and I'll try to keep it within an hour or two. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it really started high school. Couldn't afford college. Um, you know, raised by a single mom, so there was no way that was happening. Uh, I got accepted to art school in Boston, and the tuition was way too high, so I joined the army. Um, went in as an infantryman. I don't know why I wanted, didn't want to do anything else besides that, but went in as an infantryman. Um, went through airborne school, and was uh, attached to the 101st Airborne. And did the whole deployment thing with the 101st in Bagram in Afghanistan and came back home. Um, prior, when I was in high school, I went to a technical school. So I had a trade that I was in and it happened to have been engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the Army, I basically fell into engineering Um I utilized the GI Bill to go to school for actual architecture. I thought I wanted to do that. It didn't. It turned out I didn't really care to do that afterwards. I just got my bachelor's degree, and um, then I, I fell back into the engineering field. It was very similar to architecture in a way, with like CAD software, and that was in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So uh, it felt it felt kind of crazy. I mean, I was out of the army. I felt like an adult, even though I had joined right out of high school, 18 years old, and um, had a steady relationship. I thought that that was like what I was going to be doing. Yeah. For you know, I, I was settling. That, I think in New Hampshire, it's uh, yeah, white picket fence. Yeah, that's and, exactly the know, dream, right? Like, the yeah. dream, like the American dream, I guess. <laughs> that's the New Hampshire American dream. Yeah. And I thought that that's what was happening. I mean. I had such good job security. I made a good amount of money doing that. Um, the cost of living was a lot lower there. And I just, I couldn't do the nine to five cubicle thing. I think after time, it was just kind of driving me, driving me nuts. Yeah. And I was pretty efficient with what I was doing in my engineering role where I was able to kind of finish my work in the like first three hours of the day. And I was able to use the rest of the time, and they didn't really know that, but uh, (laughs) building up this content website that was focused on, like, men's lifestyle. It it had motorcycles intertwined to it. It was, like, my personal interests. Yeah. And... Like a Tumblr. Yeah, it was pretty much Tumblr Tumblr days at the time. Um, it, It was funny because it went viral in the way that YouTube videos go viral now or Facebook videos uh, Tumblr days it was just like everyone was noticing this Tumblr and they were yeah. re-blogging re or whatever they called it back then and you know it went from like having zero or three followers that were like your friends to you know all of a sudden 100,000 followers yeah. in a matter of a few days and there was big bigger brands that were noticing that because they were actually using Tumblr for their blogging platform, like inspiration boards and everything else. And I remember getting reached out by this guy, Mike, from Everlane. And it was this really early company. It was a startup startup phase. It was just him and one other person. And they reached out and they like wanted me to curate their product. And they were just simply collecting data at the time to what would then turn into this 
crazy e-commerce platform now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my job with them at first. It was cool. I mean, they they helped um, put my name out there as well as me assisting them. So it was kind of a trade-off. And from there, it was like all these opportunities started coming up. And um, I think I remember someone, it might have been Mike from Everlane, like asking why I don't monetize my content. He's like, you, you should do that. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm on Tumblr. I don't know what you want me to yeah, tell you. I'm yeah. just posting other people's photos. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not my own content. But Back then, it was probably a lot. It was just a new idea. Yeah. Like, how would you know to do that? I, I wouldn't at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I I remember creating my Tumblr. I was. It was a mixture of being at my job, but it was also sitting in my room at like three a.m., bored out of my mind. And I used to just save images to my my hard drive of stuff that I thought was freaking cool looking visually and yeah. stuff like a lifestyle that I wanted at the time. Um. Items, fashion, any a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I just spent five to six hours just posting all of them. It's probably like thirty gig worth of images just throwing on there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't know how to make content. I was like, how do I monetize this stuff? It's not even my own content. Yeah. And I had to really think about it. I was like looking at different platforms and. Uh, I went out and I remember buying like a Sony NEX, early oh, NEX camera. Old school. Old school, <laughs> yeah. And I, um, that was like my start of shooting my own product because I would get a lot of requests to shoot brands' products. And it was like, I never, I was never one of those bloggers that like took pictures of myself wearing the shit. Yeah, yeah. I hated that stuff personally, but, um, I always took it in like a setting, like on a ground or like in the woods, wherever it was. It was something that would focus more on the product. And that's kind of where the content, making money from content started. Um, And it was very slow at first, but I remember also getting having an opportunity to sign to this media network and they wanted to basically pay me for advertising of the brands that I would normally feature on the site. So it was, it was cool because it wasn't like they were just throwing random ass like serial ads or something on my site oh, yeah. that would just make no sense. It was actual brands that I was featuring. So it was like it felt in place. Yeah. And from that, that point on, I knew it was time to focus on that full time. And it was like a really scary time of my life to go into the office and quit my engineering job and be like, I'm done. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, uh, and I remember quitting and then the next day I was like, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. So <laughs> that was a, that was one of the ones that came up in a previous episode where there's never a good time. There, yeah. There's, there's never, absolutely never. There's never a good time to, no one's going to tell you to be like, all right, today's the day to quit your job. Right. You know, you just have yeah. to, if anything, they're, they're always against it. Yeah. At least like family members or relationships. Oh, yeah. Like one of the biggest turning point for that was I lost a relationship because of that. And it yeah. put me in an even bigger hole. Cause I was like, all right, now what do I do? Yeah. I just lost a relationship. Um, that I was really serious about. And then I had to figure out how I'm going to hustle every day. But I, I remember just going, spending 
six to seven hours at a cafe every single day and i'm sure like the baristas are probably like get, get this guy out of here man yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know but I, w- I would do that every single day and just plan out the content that i was going to be producing and that that was like what i was doing 100 percent. i spent days reaching out to brands um getting back you know getting back to them when they reached out to me and um it it was growing and it it was scary i felt like i was living almost like sponsored paycheck to paycheck yeah at yeah. first but um with signing onto that media company it felt a little more secure to me so yeah. i was able to actually um make leave, a living yeah make a living from it and that you're making a living in a place that doesn't cost right as, as right much that yeah. you need but yeah um so then you then how did uh so what was after that was that the clothing yeah so i did that for a little bit and it was kind of weird how it happened in new hampshire there's a magazine it's a motorcycle magazine and they're called iron and air and i had known those guys i wanted to write a couple articles within their series and we we had a connection where one day they had me sit down with them and then give them good ideas on how to produce content, how to um, feature more fashion brands within their magazine and not just all motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. And I I think they remembered that experience of sitting down that later on they they reached out and they were like, hey, we know this investor guy. He's like looking to start a a fashion brand. Are you interested in maybe turning your website that features content into an actual retail brand. And at the time, I was, I didn't really know what to think of that. Um, It's like turning an actual website into this physical entity. So, you know, I made that decision. I think I made some mistakes along the way with getting investment money, stuff Mm. that I probably under-evaluated myself on but um you know it ended up being that's what happened i got to see my website come to life into the form of a retail store carrying all the products i would normally talk about on the website yeah 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 and like yeah there's something cool about like with photography is not much a physical like product right you know so it's like really cool to see something come to actual life yeah and i think what was interesting is we kind of went the other way around you know we grew our audience in a way prior by just providing other people's content yeah and we were able to take those that audience and sell to them in a more organic way like hey this is stuff that we normally feature you would probably like this yeah yeah, yeah and i know a lot of brands now they'll create a brand out of nowhere and then they're kind of stuck in that phase where they have to figure out how to find their audience yeah you know which it's is like, like the hardest the part. hardest part <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, and it's funny you because pay someone to, to find the audience for you yeah, right? yeah you, you pay them a lot of money That's a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think it's it goes to show as, as sad as it is to say this world now full of influencers it, it's going to show how like influencers are setting the tone for brands now yeah 
Yeah, yeah it's the. There's, I mean, the, I, I think that there's too many, and it's like a diluted market of just influencers that just want free stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it's it's. I, I think that brands never were interested in that at the beginning, and now they realize how powerful how powerful influencers are for their brand. Yeah, I mean, well, influencers are only as powerful as we make them. Right. Right. So, yeah. um, and they and they weren't very much so that yeah. back, you know, like in the early stages. But I mean, Instagram was never what it was meant. Like it's it never was supposed to be what it is. A, a platform for selling, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, print and like you know. Big commercial shoots, they still happen. They oh, just yeah, don't happen sure. as much. For sure. Yeah. And it's all about fast. It's like people say fast fashion, fast, fast media. Fast content, yeah. Yeah. This, like, one photo lasts maybe 30 <laughs> seconds. I know. It's, that's like, it. insane. Yeah. Well, that's our generation. It's just, like, they need quick fixes on yeah, yeah. you know? I mean, it's great for people that want to create content, I guess, but it also devalues the the quality of work I think because you put so much time even though it's not like a big commercial shoot you still have to put time yeah, and effort put, into it you put it. time in it, in, into it that's seen for 5 seconds or 10 yeah. seconds and but it's kind of a bummer you know to be like oh well all that work was like kind of for almost nothing you know yeah, yeah. but I mean I guess the the upside to it is that there's always work because there's always the need for constant, of content. quick content. It just depends on if the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> so it always comes down to, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the, yeah, because that's the other part of it is that there's so many people, it's so diluted, like you said, that people will literally do it for free. Right. And, or for product or whatever it is. And then the people that are trying to survive off of it, Right. Or yeah. whatever, like it I don't it hard. like don't have a trust fund. Like I yeah. don't have. How do you do that? An income of anything other than my job, right? So it's like I can't offer free work. Yeah. Well, I don't think anyone should offer free work, no matter who they are. Even if they are beginner, and maybe maybe do it for like hundred bucks or whatever. But yeah, the only one I think the only people that can persuade them is our community, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not a brand that's going to say that. Because they no, just want yeah, free stuff yeah. anyway. But um, and it's and when I talk to clients, it's like they understand it. It's just a matter of like the balance of like, is this worth X amount, or do we do give it to like a, someone that's cheaper that will you know that because it's like it, it, I don't know. It's, it's the value, right? I mean, they're that. getting what they pay for. for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's their balance that they're probably always battling. It's like, that's, yeah, that's how much money do we have allocated for this kind of stuff? But, <laughs> um, that kind of leads into like the next thing, which is where I went from my retail. Um, yeah, yeah. Going from the retail, I mean, working in that field of trying to produce all your clothing and design all your clothing, like wear a million hats. It's like so tough, that world. And then on top of it, try to market it. Yeah. Um, I wanted out of that industry pretty quickly and in a way where I wanted out of my own thing. I wanted to be able to help support other brands at that point. That was something that I always enjoyed doing from the beginning um, through my content website. So, you know, it made it easier to come back to these to these brands and 
and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not your competitor anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to create really cool stuff for you and talk about it. Yeah. And which is like full circle. It's full circle, right? Started. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so I, I exited out of whiskey grade and, and, um, started my, started my own agency and the agency was actually meant to be an online marketplace. At the beginning, I had plans right. for it for about five years, and um, I kind of took the name. The name was Founded. Founded was uh, putting the focus on, you know, any brand story they can always remember where it was the inception of it, whether you were sitting at a coffee table or at a bar with one of your friends, and you're like, hey, let's start this thing. Um, that's like when you know what year it was founded or why it was founded. Yeah. <clears throat> so we wanted we wanted to take their story the storyline and portray it in visuals in a way. Um so the founded agency was primarily focused on these apparel brands that I worked with prior and just telling their story through visuals or their timeline. Um focusing on a lot of their archival stuff and talking about how it reflects into their products today. Mm-hmm. And uh you know that's that's been what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Um, I did jump into, I'd say last year, a nonprofit, and that was my way of just giving back and helping communities. So, um, the nonprofit that I work with is called Bunker Labs, and with that, we help support and guide uh, military veteran entrepreneurs so that's kind of the niche there but uh, I was able to resonate really well with that because I think everyone within the the organization is a military veteran for one but they're all entrepreneurs trying to start their own business too so you're always talking about how you can be a good mentor for them or give them your experiences that you know you went through as an entrepreneur and um, just put them through the program you know, so it's been a mixture of founded and my nonprofit work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you're combining like all life phases right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for yep. the most part, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and it's uh, really cool to actually refer a lot of these brands. Not that I haven't been doing it too much, but um, having an agency and then working alongside multiple brands you're able to say like hey I have an agency we can help you with branding or identity or content and provide that service for those for those brands to watch them grow yeah Um, and we've been doing that slowly but um, nice we recently partnered with WeWork and in that initiative it was they were able to provide 10 seats for 10 entrepreneurs, military veterans that go through the Bunker Labs program. Oh, uh, cool. And Is that's... That at each where you work? It's actually, it's at one in every state. Oh, okay. It's mostly in the cities. Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, wow, um, that's cool. I didn't know yeah, that. yeah, that's, that's actually expanded. Those are expensive. They are, <laughs> they are. So yeah, they're giving them free space and allowing them while they're there to meet mentors, uh, investors. Yeah city officials just like a little bit of everyone yeah, yeah. that's rad yeah I mean um, it it 
it's also rad because they have a such a nice setting that mm-hmm. they're like stoked on versus like working out of your oh yeah you know your bedroom or something you know it's like wow it, it provides inspiring. you like a place to go to yeah you yeah know, feel like and, and also you're surrounded by other people that yeah. are just like you yeah and it's tough for the veteran community we don't like to talk about like ptsd or any any like mental health issues in the yeah. military within our organization but we know that that stuff is going on and it's really hard for like a military guy to come out and relate to other entrepreneurs that are like either had money handed to them yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. so now they're in this community a group of people that are like oh i'm, I'm experiencing the sh- same shit that you are yeah like, let's just work on this we've together been, we've been to the same place yeah now. yeah we've been to the same places we're experiencing the same troubles so yeah it's great <laughs> that's awesome yeah so um i did this in a previous episode where we asked um it was kind of an like off off point but like what would you say that you did wrong out of like an experience like because so the the reason why i thought of this is that everyone always talks about the good shit right yeah yeah but like there is always bad or not bad but like lows or like things that you know brought you down but then like you know maybe eventually it was good to you know come down and then go back up you know yeah i know i've had plenty of lows and then it's just like oh and then i'm you know you yeah. make like a shit ton of money the next month you know yeah. what i mean yeah Is i've that... had plenty of those <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i guess like i guess one that stands out stands out yeah i think the initial um Whiskey grade was my biggest lesson in my life because I was so young and naive and I didn't know what. I probably should have talked to people that have been in that position like a before. Or something. Yeah, I yeah. I think I was so hasty about just selling, selling the business. Yeah. Um, that I didn't really realize how significant that was for me, um, because actually what had happened when I sold the business, there was two owners that took it over mm-hmm. and they promised me all these things, but it was never in writing. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what happened was once they bought it, they had me essentially build the shop, pick all the product. And then one of the co-owners called me, actually he didn't even call me. He had someone else call, call me Classic. and was like, Hey, we don't want you like we're we're kind of done yeah like you terminated kind yeah of, yeah and i was like dude from my own brand like i just yeah. sold this thing to you like help put this whole thing together and that was like a really big turning point for me because i had no idea what to do after that everything that i had built everything that i had you know spent time i quit my job security engineering role mm-hmm. and i was like dude now I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? This is like the real test. Yeah. And so it was weird because I wanted to get out of the East Coast. I needed to just get my head straight. And I moved out to Arizona. I just packed everything. I sold so much stuff to make, like to save money, basically. I sold my motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I had a couple motorcycles. I sold yeah. those. I sold all my furniture, pretty much everything. I had my laptop. I had bare minimal stuff and uh i just drove all the way from new hampshire to to arizona with minimal minimal things i remember yeah. renting an airbnb out there i couldn't i didn't find a place right away yeah and um 
yeah, I tried to figure out what is. That's kind of where Founded came up, and I'm like, I really need to start getting my shit together here. Cause yeah, yeah. I'm I'm here in Phoenix. This place is miserably hot, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So yeah, that's where. I think when you get put in that those scenarios, though, it forces you to like hustle through them. Because oh, you're sure. like in this survival mode almost. Yeah. As like content creators or artists, whatever it is, you get put in this like hustle mode and you do whatever you can to make sure that you're like, you have a roof over your head at least. Yeah. So that was one big mistake that I think I made. Um, yeah, that was the biggest yeah, especially one. Especially put in a position. That's such a like a. For me, I'd be like, I have absolutely no idea what to ask for, no no idea what to, like, yeah. get back and, like, or even the amount or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, how have, do you know? You have no idea. Um, or how do you, uh, like, what's the word, like, figure out how much your company is worth? Like, yeah, you can't. It's, it's hard, even as a content creator that has a site, like, the evaluation yeah. of, yeah, what it's worth. I mean, I took any amount of money that they offered me. It was not even that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just, like, in this weird position. Just Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. It's, I've had those those moments where, yeah, you you work on something really hard, and then you get you get pushed out or yeah. whatever. And um, But honestly, it's, like, those are, as much as they suck and, like... It's like a clean slate. Yeah. You know? You kind of get, like, a... It definitely motivates you to it you does. Know, do some shit because it does. You definitely gotta pay bills. Like, <laughs> I, I have like you know you have like rent. Yeah. That like no one is giving me my rent money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I so, yeah. I feel like the clean slates in life are are the best. I mean they've happened to me a couple times personally, yeah. and every single time I've had a clean slate something significant happens whether it be you know i just worked through something and got you know money for another campaign or whatever yeah. it was it's, like, it's one, like one step back three four yeah yeah instead of the other way around which exactly. most people think exactly yeah yeah i think uh i think it's interesting when people put all that like you know everything's gravy you know thing out there and it's like no Things, you know, things yeah. can be pretty rough. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's I think, why I thought of that question. I was just like, well, if people want to learn something from this conversation, they're not going to learn from like, yeah, everything's amazing. And, you know, I go take photos in Norway like it's no thing, you know. Yeah. Well, like, what what do you take away from that? You know, you know I learn all these crazy stories, too, meeting these entrepreneurs within bunker labs now and one of the stories that stands out to me was um this guy who started the company plated it's like one of the box subscription brands for like food Uh, okay and he recently sold it for like 300 million dollars something crazy yeah but and and everyone always sees that surface level like this dude is just rich and whatever yeah which he is now but if you look at the story of trial and errors that that dude went through, yeah, or pretty much like a lot of these guys that have companies, it's it's always ups and downs. Like this guy, it's gotta be, he yeah. he opened his first little factory in New York City to like house all the food. He had to build this refrigerator because what what was happening was he was dropping these box subscriptions at people's doors, 
and all the shit was like melting in it all the food uh, like there was yeah, this yeah. fish that was like oozing out of the boxes and stuff because the heat in new york city in the summer yeah and so he built this massive refrigerator to keep the stuff frozen so that way when they delivered it within like two hours or something yeah um but what happened it was during that time when the hurricane came through oh that's right yeah and it completely wrecked his entire investment. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, so like that was his where he just had to lay people off because he didn't have money, and it was just like he was struggling. Yeah, you and just he, have to power through. Yeah, you, you have to power through it. You know, <laughs> so many times. I mean, there's like definitely people that lose a lot harder than others, but yeah, um, I think it's all the same lesson. It is. You know? It's all. It's all. It's exactly the same lesson. It's just. Uh, yeah, you just gotta have that like good outlook. Yeah. Just put on paper like what, where you want to see yourself, and just like keep pushing towards that, even when the shit happens. Yeah, yeah. So this year, uh, my girlfriend uh, made me do a like a goals pyramid. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen these? I've never seen one, but I've heard about it. Okay, so yeah, you you put like the ultimate goal at the top, and then you you know it's like broken down to like three four you know six or whatever it is and then it's all the little pieces that get you to the top and you start obviously start at the bottom and uh you know hopefully by the end of the year you're at that final block or whatever and i'm just like me i would i would never have done this (laughs) like ever i'm a total like day by day do you do day by day day, like fly by the seat of my pants you know it's like no planning, not, not not like entirely, but like definitely not as much as she might do, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, that's you know, a, the better half. Of me. <laughs> uh, but we did it, and you know, she did hers, and I think it's cool because it makes you sit down and think and slow down. Which I'm just like, if you're day by day, you're like, well, oh, okay, you're what? About it's hustling thing, yeah. you know. And he's like, how am I going to bring home that? that rent money by the you know before the first it's like that's all you got on your mind right <laughs> yeah you don't have a pyramid on your mind you're just yeah, like yeah, yeah. but so, yeah i think i think you have to sit back you have to step back a little bit slow and down a little slow bit. down and focus on the bigger picture of things yeah not like the day-to-day but like how is everything that you're doing now going to affect it later on yeah so a lot so what i didn't do before was the big picture stuff and then um, now I'm starting to think, you know, longer term, and it's like um, th- simple things like retirement. Like mm-hmm. for creatives, like what do you do when no one's giving me 401k or anything? You know, it's like. Well, I think the goal there, as your creative, right, <laughs> is to just make enough money. money. <laughs> it's to make enough money where you feel like you're retired by doing the things that you enjoy every yeah. single day right because yeah, you love traveling so yeah, yeah, yeah if it's enough where you just have a steady stream of money and you're doing what you love that feels like a retirement you're it just does. like you're right. but what happens when you're 80 and you can't work well i don't know when i'm 80 <laughs> i probably won't even be alive so I don't, who knows yeah yeah we'll be on the ground yep um shadow cool we haven't. I haven't done a Skype or a, an in-person interview in a while, so we have this little dog running around. Um, oh man, you stink, boy. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so now you're working with the agency and doing, doing agency the, stuff. The bunker. Putting more focus in bunker. They yeah. took me on. I, it was originally a volunteer role. I was helping out. Um, 
the mini uh, Minneapolis chapter. My yeah. one of my military friends, he was like the executive director of that. He was doing all the fundraising there, and he's like, "I need your help." So it was me and him just go pecking away at it. Yeah. And the national organization, the corporate company, saw what I was doing with them, and they wanted to make me a more substantial role uh, across all the the chapters. Yeah. So they made me the design so director. They do it in all the state, in every state, or we're expanding every state. We have okay. uh, we have twenty six chapters right now. Wow. We just opened Boston in January. Yeah, yeah. We're doing New Hampshire next. Wow, it's exciting. that's rad. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of veterans there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're um, we're pretty much set to hit um, most north. I would say. 40 states this this year oh okay wow. yeah and within I mean, within big. the 40 states you know all the main cities yeah so cool. and then so what about like uh beyond that any plans beyond you know i, I think maybe moving yeah that's right we were just talking yeah about that. i'd say potentially moving i'm still thinking about it making sure it's the right decision for me um because because uh, we well we've talked about it but um, the the talk of moving out of L- LA is another I guess a good point because it's like it is so expensive to live here I mean we, it's it's a conflicting thought because it's yeah. like there's so many brands there's so much opportunity here yeah but the price it's like you got to balance it out yeah it's like is it working for you yeah but also it's not even sometimes it's not even about that it's more about as you get older like do you do you see yourself here um yeah because you're gonna i mean the older you get the long look the harder it is to make roots somewhere right right? so you really do have to pick yeah and i don't don't think i want to be 40 still like acting like a bachelor or whatever and, yeah, and yeah, moving yeah. place to place you know i, I want to feel like there's a home base somewhere yeah you have you you have been moving yeah i think every year Quite a right bit. yeah i'd say uh, every year at least for the last couple but um so portland oregon is a good is a good option and it's a good option you're gonna go check that out yeah i mean i've been me and cat went up there to pick up the little guy mm-hmm. and uh He's being a little baby right now, but um, and she never been there before, so I mean, like, we saw Chris Stapleton and like we did a lot of cool shit while yeah. we were there, so of course, it was like, um, it was definitely a little bit more memorable than it like a normal a nor- like, trip yeah. would be, yeah, but um. She loved it. I mean, like she want like we both we both would love to move there. Yeah, I feel like the past two months I've been interrogating the shit out of people. Like, all right, tell me, break it down for me. Like, what is it about Portland? Yeah, it's people that went from LA to Portland, and it's Mm -hmm. people that move from Portland to LA and then back. So I try to get their experiences on it, and. um, they all tell me the same thing. They're all like, I've always called it home. That's cons- it, like the for, I don't know, living there for two weeks, it was considered home. Yeah. And everyone always wants to move back. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. It, it's probably similar to us being from the East Coast. I think like it's New like Hampshire, the... Boston. It's, it's honestly like the West Coast version of Boston. It, it, yeah, I would say. Right. I think it's just because it's like a tight-knit community of people. It's like everything's centralized... Um, easier, younger group of people. Yeah. 
You know, it's not mix mash like it is here. Yeah, it definitely is younger, and they they have everything that I would be interested in. Yeah. So it's like most creatives, you know. Out, it's like and out the outdoors is just like there's nothing. Oh else yeah, the, even better the for the state. outdoors. <laughs> or there's nothing better in the country because it's so freaking diverse. It is rainforest to desert. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, but, they have everything, and it's cheaper. It's cheaper. No sales tax. I would live in. Uh, I think I would live in Vancouver though. In Washington, a lot of people talk the, about Vancouver. It goes, it's like right over the river. Yeah, and yeah, but uh, yeah. there's some tax differences. I think that makes it better. Really? I think uh, for house, buying a house. Oh, buying a house. Yeah, or something like that. But anyways, yeah. That, I mean, uh, that general area would be great, but we'll have to. I mean, our lease ends in a couple months here. So. You should just visit a couple times. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying not to be so impulsive. Don't force it in. Don't yeah. force it. Don't so that's what I would normally it. do. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, trying to be more thoughtful in this. Yeah, yeah. I moved from Boston to Arizona in like a, a week. You know, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do I that. Know, I moved again. to uh, Idaho. Change, I change, yeah, it was like two weeks out and I was like, yeah, move to Idaho. Doing it. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. Crazy, And I man. just, I didn't even have a car. I just... BMX bike and a duffel bag. <laughs> it's gone. Yep. Hop to fight. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens and then um, see if you end up moving to Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> see if we'll I find out in the next few months, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks uh, for doing it. Yeah. Right.